0: Hey, listen, we're going to be in the book of John. If you want to turn there, John chapter 1. Specifically, we're going to start out in verse 29. John chapter 1, verse 29. Last week, we started a new series called Daring, and we started out by saying, dare, we're talking about Daring to Believe and, and, I, and I invited you into a little bit of a, into a, a journey and uh, a relationship that we could live life together if we would just be daring enough to believe. We talked about Jesus was daring enough to believe that his dad wasn't gonna leave him in the tomb. After two days in the tomb, he had a third day triumph. And uh, God has things for you, and you may feel like you're in the two days in the tomb moment, but God has a third day triumph for you if you would dare to believe. And this is what we talked about. So we were talking about what life looks like when you believe. And I made a statement last week, and I said this. I'm going to define first for you, I want to define what it is in making this statement that I believe that we're called to as a church family. If you're joining us, if you've been following us for a little bit, if you've been coming and joining in Maybe this is your first time or maybe this is your hundredth time. This this is just a great point of clarity. I made this statement. I said, we're going to lead with daring belief and it's going to cause, this is is almost a promise, it's going to cause some discomfort. (laughs) Because when you dare to believe, you're going to have to dare to get uncomfortable. Jesus got uncomfortable. But he was the most daring person that I could ever imagine that would ever believe. And I... I made you a promise. I said, it's always going to call us into living an all-in life. But it's going to be the most adventurous, fulfilling life that you could ever live. And I, I want you to know that stands true. Because what I started last week was, I hopefully started this train of thought that if we live a daring life, if we would be daring enough to believe that the premise is on the fact that most of us in humanity aren't living in our fullness, what we consider our fullness is is actually a fractional piece of what I believe God has called for you. And so I, I, I communicate to you from that position that I feel like what God's put on my life is to say, hey, listen, I want the fullness out of life. And then when we join together, we want to see fullness and, and we want to see more than maybe what the world even says has to offer. And I believe we have to be daring enough to believe. Today, we're going to add to that, but first I want to read John chapter 1. Now, I want to give you a little bit of a, I guess, a, a pretext for what I'm about to read. John, I love g- this guy, John, who wrote this book. In fact, the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, these first four books in the New Testament, every author of each one of those books was n- written and given a name for their, uh, the namesake of the author. So, John wrote the book of John. And the book of John is fascinating to me because if you read it and it's, it's, it's Greek text, it reads more like poetry. And this is what I mean. It has layers to what it is that it's saying. It presents on the surface something and then also something a little bit deeper and then something behind it and then perhaps something if you sit a while longer, you can find other revelations about what it is that John is giving us in terms of revealing the truths of who Jesus was. If you want to know the life of Jesus wrapped up in one book and what I consider to be probably one of the easiest to read, read the book of John. It's It's a wonderful book. If you're like, Pat, I don't know where to start. Start reading the Bible in the book of John. It's a great place to begin. And the very first part of John chapter one, he starts out in this very poetic manner and he starts with this kind of like gymnastics approach to words. He says, Jesus was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And you're just like, what what word? (laughs) He starts giving us these layers to who Jesus was and where Jesus was in the beginning of creation. And he starts to paint this picture of who Jesus is. And as the story goes, he reveals Jesus as the light in a world of darkness. And then he picks up on this part of Jesus' life where Jesus is revealed for who he really is. And he's baptized. And this is where we pick up on the story John. Chapter 1, verse 29. says, the next day, John. Now, I'm going to stop right there again because I need you to understand. This John is not the same John that wrote the book. The John we're about to read about, he's like the crazy cousin. Okay? He was called John the Baptist. The, The... the, the best way to describe John is like if I was John the Baptist, you would find me out in the Imperial County somewhere in the desert. Let's say in the Borrego area. Dressed in pelts of animals that I've adorned myself with. And when you find me, I'm probably eating bugs off the ground. This is the John we're about to read about. This is important for you to understand because what we're going to talk about today, you need to understand who this John the Baptist character is. He's a little crazy. He's the cousin of Jesus. And the very first time that we actually learn about John the Baptist was when, in the very beginning of the story of Jesus, when Jesus, his mom Mary is is pregnant with Jesus. She goes and visits her cousin, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is pregnant with this little crazy dude. And I want to tell you, like my wife, all seven of our kids, she, she could tell, at, like, still pregnant, she's like, this one's going to be a crazy one. What happens is Mary walks in pregnant with Jesus, walks into the room, and when she walks into the room, John the Baptist senses the presence of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, and it says that he leaps in his mother's womb. Man, there's a, whole, there's, a, there's a sermon, there's a preach in that. We're not going to preach that today. But this is the John. This is the crazy guy. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John's been baptizing all of these people that he's been, he's been preaching this message of this Messiah that's going to come. And he's baptizing them in the water. And he sees Jesus coming and he says this. He says, he's the one I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me was far greater than I am for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah. That's interesting. He didn't even recognize Jesus. That's interesting that Jesus as the Messiah came unrecognizable. But I haven't been baptizing with water oh, I'm sorry, but I have been baptized in the water so that he might be revealed. Then John testified. I saw the Holy Spirit descend on him like a dove from heaven and rest upon him. Now, I just want you to know, John doesn't get into the whole story, but I wanna give you a little bit of context for what happened here, because this is really weird. You know, have you ever read the Bible and you're like, this is just too weird. I can't read it. Honestly, I read parts of the Bible where I'm like, this is just weird. I don't even know. I, th- this, is, this is one of those stories, okay? The, this is the way the story goes. Jesus comes. John's baptizing people. Jesus is like, yo, I want to get baptized. John's like, come hither, brother. So he goes and he, goes, he grabs him. He puts him under the water. He brings him up. And then suddenly, poof, says that the heavens part, the sky opens up. That's weird. Hold on. It gets better. I like to think it's like Morgan Freeman voice. This is what I I hear, like, you know, it's the best God voice. He's like, the Holy Spirit, wait, first the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove. Sets on Jesus, you know? That's the bird. Walking away in your life to not disturb the bird. (laughs) There's another preach in that, but we're gonna keep moving. And then here comes Morgan Freeman. He says, Behold. (laughs) My son, whom I love and I'm well pleased. If I was standing there, John the Baptist is weird, but that just got really weird. Voices coming out of the sky and birds landing on people's shoulders. Talking about my son. What's, what's happening is the father's revealing Jesus to humanity. He, he's, he's not telling Jesus who he is so Jesus feels better about himself. He's telling Jesus who he is so that way when we follow Jesus, we understand. And we know who Jesus is. And when we follow in that way, Jesus too. As we follow him, the father says to us, my son, my daughter. Whom I love and I'm well pleased. This is important. There's another preach in that. We're going to keep moving. <laughs> we like to preach. All right. So as I saw the Holy Spirit descending on him. Now you understand the story? There's a lot more behind that, isn't there? Okay. There's a story behind the story. I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Verse 35, the following day, John was standing with two of his disciples. And as Jesus walked by, John looked at him and he declared, Look, there's the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus. It's okay. <laughs> yo hablo poquito espanol. Muy bien. Gracias. Yeah, yo puedo hablar espanol poquito. Okay. I think we should start a Spanish-speaking service. What do you guys think? I wouldn't preach it, don't worry. <laughs> Today, I want to present to you that being a daring believer is only half the story, and the other half is being a daring follower. Now, I'm saddened to tell you this. I believe that when you say, I believe, it implies that you follow what you believe, but in our society today, that is not what follow means at all. So I'm going to describe for you what it means biblically to follow. But first, I'm going to try to paint a picture of what I see as our followership. We all understand following. We follow lots of people. We follow lots of people on social media platforms, don't we? In fact, we say people's worth as an influence is determined by what? How many followers they have. Following is a big deal. And I will tell you that of all the people that I follow, I may not necessarily do everything that person does, and I might present myself to be more of a fan of that person than a true follower. Now, to understand this deeper, let's get a biblical reference for what the notion of following is. When it says that these disciples turned from John the Baptist and started following Jesus, this is what this word means. It means to be in the same way with, uh, as an example, to accompany. As if I was on a journey, and if you followed me, you would just join me, and you would accompany me on that journey. That implies that following is not something you do from a seat, but from your feet. Uh, it's to join somebody that you're following as an attendant or a disciple. That word disciple means learner or pupil. Uh, to follow one who precedes you. It means to cleave steadfastly to one. I love that word cleave. It's, it's this idea of clinging on to. It's uh, my two-year-old when I want to put her down and she doesn't want me to. And so as I bend over to put her down, she does that thing where they put their legs in the air and they grab a hold of your neck and they do the choke hold. And eventually they choke you out and you fall over. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my experience with my two-year-olds, but maybe not yours. Um, it's to conform wholly to his example. Uh, to conform wholly in living and, if need be, in dying. Uh, to make this really, really simple, I- I'm going to define this idea of following or being a follower as people willing to come under the influence of another person. Now, based on that definition, I want to present to you today that the way that we define follower in 2021 is nowhere near that. I think it's very clear that two things are occurring here. Number one, we all follow something or someone. I'm not saying you follow Jesus. I'm just saying it's humans. You follow someone or something. And number two, I want to present to you that probably most often what we do, what we see happen as believers of Jesus, is we're fans of Jesus, but we're not followers of Jesus. We 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 like a lot of his images. In fact, we appropriate some and we wear them on gold chains the crosses we we appropriate some of the language but based on the definition of what i just gave you we aren't really followers of jesus perhaps now that's a, that, I want you to understand that's a broad stroke statement, and not everyone falls into that category. But I'm. I, I, I want to. I want you to know that what, what I'm voicing is something that I see globally, but I see especially in the United States. This is this, this is a word I think to our nation. We think by reciting "One Nation Under God" that we're this country is a follower of Jesus, and it's not that that I'm presenting to you that maybe we should stop asking do you believe in Jesus and we should start saying do you follow Jesus that maybe we should start identifying ourselves as not as believers of Jesus but followers of Jesus. In fact, what I am really presenting to you is is that if we want to see man my heart is exploding for our younger generations. If I want to see my kids and my kids' kids really grab a hold of who Jesus is, that maybe the disconnection that they're feeling with the church is that they see a lot of believers, a lot of fans, but very few followers. Jesus is the greatest follower that we could ever see in the history of humanity. And there's two things that he had to do. He had to be willing to come underneath the Father in submission, and he had to have humility to do that. So number one, daring to follow is a sign of submission. And I'm just going to quickly define submission. Submission, I'm going to break this word into two words. Sub and mission. Sub, underneath, mission. Like, there is something we're going after very clearly. Here's the mission of our church. This is why we exist. We exist to curate communities of worship because I believe in a a community and an environment of worship, when you walk in, you come in contact face-to-face with the original creator and you're changed forever. Like John the Baptist who leaps in the womb of his mother... I believe that something happens when you walk in and you're able to be your authentic self and you can be vulnerable enough. And I believe the best environment to actually curate that is in, a, is in, a, is in an environment of worship. And, that's where, and, and so what happens is you, that's where you become a worshiper of Jesus. And so we're on a mission. This word worshiper is just another word for disciple. It's just our lens. We use the word worshiper. That's it. So submission is just coming underneath the influence of another person's mission. And John calls Jesus out as God's lamb. He's like, look, the lamb of God. Now, I just want to stop for a second and tell you, if I was Jesus, I'm like, I'm, a, I'm 100% God, but I'm 100% the son of God and son of man, so I'm going to come with my own mission. I got my own mission on my mind. My mind's on my mission and my mission's on my mind. Huh. And instead what does Jesus do? He submits to the mission of the Father and says that I am willing to be sent in submission to be the solution to take away the sins of the world. And he shows this publicly by getting baptized. I just want to say to you very quickly, if you've never been baptized, we're going to do some baptisms here in the next couple months. You want to get baptized. Number one, it's like super fun. It's a huge party. I think we're going to do it like at the beach or something this time, which is going to be cool. But I think you should do it because Jesus did it. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you do what Jesus did. <laughs> the baptism is just simply that. It's just this public display of like, hey, I have this, this personal Commitment that I've made? That I'm gonna I'm gonna be in submission to follow Jesus. So I'm gonna I'm gonna publicly I'm gonna profess this. So Jesus shows the submission by getting baptized. And he came underneath the influence of the Father. So here's some scriptures very quickly that, that point to this. John 5 19. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does the son also does. John 6:38. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. That's submission. John 12:49. I don't speak on my own authority. What? That's submission. Submission means God, I give you my heart, but you can also have my mouth. sometimes we're like, Jesus has my heart, but I just talk all kinds of stuff that, like, no one would ever know Jesus has your heart. Like, God's heart, garbage mouth. And don't dare tell me that you're just being relevant and authentic. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say, whatever the Father tells me to say. This is Jesus talking. Jesus. If we believe what we believe about Jesus, this guy, like he could come out. I'm gonna say what I wanna say. I'm gonna be on the mission I wanna be on. I don't need to be in submission to anybody. I got my own words, got my own authority. Did you know it's in the name of, we pray in the name of what? I'm gonna say what I wanna say. And you need to call me by my name. Don't call me the son of God. I'm the son of myself, which leads to, to be daring enough to follow, it's going to require humility. It's fascinating to me that as John describes this moment with Jesus, he tells us twice in the text that he doesn't recognize Jesus. That's a blow to your ego if you're Jesus. My cousin. He probably ate a bad bug. He doesn't recognize me. That the Savior of the world is going to come back as less than recognizable? Come on, th- this is countercultural. Like if I if, if I if I if I chose to be Jesus, which I'm not choosing to be Jesus because I don't want to have to do what Jesus did. I'm just saying if I did, if I came back as Jesus, I'm coming back, and you're going to recognize me. I'm going I'm I'm to get all the biggest YouTube stars, and I'm going to get all the influencers because they have lots of followers, fans, followers, and I'm going to get CNN and Fox News because that is fair and balanced because you get both sides, okay? So I want, I want everybody telling the world, you recognize me. Like, do you know who, like, John, do you know who you're baptized? Oh, and then don't get me started. Jesus has to come back as a baby? Okay, I got a one-year-old right now. I'm potty training here. Did you know that Jesus, somebody had to potty train the Savior? Legitimizing these words. Holy God's calling. Answer your phone. That's how we handle digital disruptions and live services. I want you to think about this for a second. This is not like, this is not the most 2021 way to come on and burst onto the scene in humanity. That means he had to learn to walk, crawl, Stop messing himself. He had to learn in the temple courts. He had to submit himself to people who were older. He had to listen. I wonder if Jesus got spankings. I told you, don't stick your finger in that light socket. I know they didn't have light sockets. Don't anybody at me. All right. Yeah. Get your hand out of the candle. Okay. Okay. Jesus is like playing with the flame, like, oh, you have no idea what they're going to get in 2021. This fire's nothing. (laughs) Then on top of that, as he's unrecognized, he then has to submit in humility to be baptized by his crazy cousin. No, dude. I I ain't doing it. I'm just being honest. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Dad. I I'm not submitting to that mission, and there's no way because look who I am. The word humility means to get low. See, pride says I can lead myself. I can lead myself forward and I can lift myself up. Humility says I will lay myself down so that I can lead, so that I can be led forward. Here we have Jesus who's willing to have the humility to walk in submission to this this mission that the Father has to reconcile and restore everything that's broken between us and Him. That oftentimes in your life and in my life we're looking for information to get us to the next step. We're asking God, God, would you give me a sign? You ever made this prayer? God, give me a sign. If I hit the next five stoplights green, It means I should ask her out on a date. And you're driving of like one eye open cuz you're like Okay, that one was yellow, but god, I'm going to take that as like, woo, you're leaving it up to me. I don't know. But 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 not my will, your will. And we're like I just need because can I tell you that can I this is my experience in 47 years of walking this earth. It's dark. It's dark without Jesus. This is why John describes Jesus as the light. This is why we need humility. You know why? Because in my own humanity I will do everything I can to elevate my thinking and my my mind to see what my next step is. But really what I need to do is I need to lower my heart. And just practically speaking, the lower that I get to the ground, the easier it is to see where my foot needs to go. And ultimately, these disciples of John see Jesus and they're like, we're gonna go follow him. Even if it means dying. Which further in the story, some of them did. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you willing to daringly follow Jesus? in submission and with humility. Jesus doesn't need me to be his hype man. He doesn't need a fan. He's looking for followers. Why don't you stand with me today? And I have, as always, I have a, couple practical things for us. Now in the next couple weeks, we're gonna talk about some specific things about a daring life of a follower. Because I want this to be I want this to be applicable, something that you, you and I can grab a hold of and we can walk with. I don't want I don't want to pick on the followership of Jesus without talking about what a follower looks like. this week I'm going to challenge you to spend some time with God praying. And maybe you've never done that. and it's Simply you can just sit and this is all you do. It's just Praying is just dialogue between God and people. And this is how it goes. And If you've talked to yourself, you've basically prayed. <laughs> and I talk to myself a lot apparently, my wife tells me. It's the funny thing about talking to yourself. You don't know you're talking to yourself. And so don't worry about it. You're going to be like John the Baptist. People are going to think you're weird. Just sit and start talking to God. And if they look at you sideways, just grab a bug off the ground and eat it. Just. You know, laughter is good for the soul. I think Jesus was a fun guy. And I want you to evaluate this week and and this is really what you're going to do. You're going to sit down with God and you're just going to pray and you're going to say, God, show me in my life where I need your influence most. Now, if you're like me, I'm an overachiever. So there's going to be more than one area that I really need Jesus. God's going to be like, here's about five for you, Pat. We're still on this journey together. No one has arrived. We're still following. We're going to take this time to ask him this question. And the goal would be this. To walk away in this week to activate and do one thing, because anybody can do <laughs> one thing one time. You guys are starting to get it. All right. I want you to take one of these areas, or maybe you just have one. I want you to submit this one area this week. What area of your life to Jesus? I'm going to suggest to you that if you can't think of any area, you start with your heart. And maybe some of you this morning as we wrap up, you've never you've never submitted in humility your heart to Jesus. You, you've raised your hand in a church somewhere and you've said, "I believe in Jesus." You've never dared. You've dared to believe, but you've never dared to follow. Today's your day. I want, I want to call you into a relationship with Jesus that is radically different than what the people around you might say. And so when I say this and I make this invitation, it's going to require you to leave your seat either literally or figuratively and get to your feet. But if this is you, before you leave this place, if you're in the room, I'm going to talk to you first. If you're in the room, you've never said this, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I don't want you to leave this room without coming forward and talking to somebody on our ministry team and just saying, listen, here's where I've been at. And tell them, boom, I've never, or I have, but I just, I haven't followed. Don't be afraid of it come on, we're in it with you. We're on this journey together. I'm learning with you. And if you're on an online campus, we have a whole stream team that's waiting for you to raise your little emoji hand. Pick me. (laughs) And we got you. You're there virtually, but we want to personally connect with you. All you have to do is say, that's me. And someone on our stream team will connect with you. And I don't want to leave this moment because this is what we are called to do. Curate the environment where you are daring enough to be the authentic you and walk in your original design as a follower of Jesus and then come alongside you and help you in that. If you would dare to follow. Let's pray. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to follow. God, you are are so gracious. Jesus, thank you for being one of the greatest followers that we've ever seen as an example in humanity. The willingness you had to come in submission and with so much humility to follow the Father. Today, we say yes to daring to believe, but also... Yes, to be daring to follow. And I cannot wait to see what happens when we all collectively together say, Jesus, we're here to walk this journey with you and dare to follow as a family. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said amen and amen.